Uh, chin up. Say that with me. Chin up. 2 Corinthians, the uh, fourth chapter, verse 7 through 18, as we get into the Word uh, tonight, I'd, uh, <clears throat> it'd be uh, hard for any of us to imagine how difficult it might have been to have been a follower of Jesus Christ during Jesus' day and the years after His ascension into heaven. If you were in fact a Jew or you were a Gentile, and you decided to make a decision to follow after Jesus Christ, you really grasp the thought, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It was really, really real because the fact is they had to deny, not only embrace Jesus and His love, but they had to deny the faith of their fathers. The minute that they decided to, we'll call it uh, Christianity, and follow Jesus, they were rejected by their families. They were told so. You no longer come to family reunions. You no longer come home. You're not a part of this family. You do not exist. They were acknowledged as dead. They were openly beaten and cast into prison. They were burned at the stakes and burned to death all because of their faith. You and I may believe from time to time we have it difficult, but understand that the minute you said yes to Jesus, you were in this line right here. They were used as bait for wild animals at sporting contests. They were crucified, the most cruel death that a person could die. Many were crucified and tormented. They were constantly misunderstood. But their faith and ability to grasp hold of who Jesus was and to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior meant more to them than their very life. It meant more to them than anything a world in which we live could offer. Paul is beginning this letter to the church in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. He knows about all of this. He followed this same path and was beaten and had his own testimony. You see, he shared with them that God has compassion on your suffering, and when you're suffering, it's like, big deal. God has compassion on my suffering. He told them he'll comfort you in your suffering. Well, where's all this pain coming from? And where is he at? And Christ's suffering, he says, flows into each of us. Our faith is real. That's why it's important as we ministered this morning to get our focus, to find what our true north is, to find what it is that we should be doing. Paul went on to say there are times that we're distressed, times that we need to maybe be a little more patient, times that we need to not complain and murmur so much and endure the suffering Times you're going to be under unbearable pressure, far beyond your ability to endure, and you're going to feel like there is a sentence of death over you and your life. And you say, God, well, I thought embracing you, serving you, honoring you, following you meant a happy life. But there is something to be enjoyed when you know that you are being obedient to the Father when it would be easier to give up and quit and complain and murmur. 
There is something to be said about the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory when you pull yourself together and say, I shall not be denied. There's something that flows deeply in the heart of an individual that when it would be easier to simply say, I'll compromise this one and maybe catch the next challenge and and I'll be untruthful, unfaithful to God. There's something about that person who says, no, not me, though he slay me. Though he slay me, Job said, yet will I trust in him. Yet will I follow him. Paul writes and he gives a perspective and he says, this too shall pass. Say that with me. This too shall pass. What does he say to us? He said that we are treasures of regeneration. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power that we have to be able to endure, comes from God and not from ourselves. Not from ourselves. Therefore, he says, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, the suffering, the standing strong, the not back down, to move forward, to declare God's glory and honor. He said, if you have that ministry, you do not lose heart because you have your eye on something bigger than your present trial. You have your eye on something that's not made by hands of natural form, but made by the power of supernatural. Paul says, hey, we have this treasure in our lives of regeneration. He said, we are jars of clay. Sure we are. That means human. We have in us an all-surpassing power, and it is from the supernatural power and presence of God. God, you minister, and he declares the power of regeneration comes from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. In other words, the gift of life in us. You deny yourself, you die unto yourself, and the minute that you do that, the more that you die, he says, the more life has an opportunity to come in and regenerate you. That you don't feel as you've lost everything, but you have in fact gained everything. Regeneration is a gift from God and comes every time we die a little bit more. He declares a life process is taking place in this human body all the time. When self-will dies, God's will becomes life to us. He relates it to the olive tree. The olive tree, for those of you that will be going to Israel with us, I promise you, you'll see an olive tree more than 2,000 years old. One tree over 2,000 years old requires a hot growing season. It's cut down. It still grows even though it's nothing but a stump. Its tree is tenacious. It takes four years to bear any fruit whatsoever. It survives extended dry spells. It never bears fruit in the same place twice. And the trunk is gnarled, gnarled as can be the effect of several trumps, but it is the tree of regeneration. It is the tree that symbolizes the oil in the Scripture of the Holy Spirit And you and I need to know that nothing, absolutely nothing, comes in or takes control or moves into our life that has the ability to take us away from the regenerating power of Almighty God that resides in us. It's there. We are treasures of regeneration. We are treasures of renewal. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 we, let's take a look at it. Why don't you read it with me? Here we go. 
Are you ready on three? One, two, three. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not… Well, let's read it again in case we missed it. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. That was written several thousand years ago. Let me hear you believe. Do you believe it today, somebody? We believe it today. Jesus is coming back. But a lot of things are going to happen prophetically in the world in which we live, and He could come at any moment that you and I are not even close to being ready for. There's going to come, in my prayer, I'm not a post-tribulation. I am a tree-tribber. I believe that God's going to take the church out. I intend to go and leave all the pain and suffering to those that are left behind, my friend. But until we get there, have you noticed that there are some things that are happening in technology today? There are some things that are happening today in the life of individuals, tracking systems, uh, little chips put in people's skin so that they can check in where they work, and that's all leading us today of the Antichrist and one world government that is taking place. We are headed in that direction, friend. And you say, oh, my Jesus, what in the world are we going to do? I'm going to be gone in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to be gone. Somebody talk to me out there. So whatever comes, we stand strong and say, God, I am regenerated from the inside when I get down and I get weary and I get perplexed and something that I love is taken out of my life. I'm still in Jesus' name. Not only that, I shall be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. What happens to you is not nearly as important as what happens in you. How do you respond Paul writes in Romans 8.35, it's a bit lengthy, let's take a look at it. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? And if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen. Can you tell me who God's chosen is? Anybody out there? Are you God's chosen? Who would dare messing with one of God's chosen? Amen? I am a chosen person by the power and grace of God. Who would dare point their finger? The one who died for us, who raised us to life, is, is the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, no, not trouble, hard times, hatred, hunger, homelessness, bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We are sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one, but none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. He has embraced us. We live that way. Keep your chin up, knowing that He's talking to a very weary church. 
he reminded them of the reward of God's Holy Spirit. We are hard-pressed but not crushed, we read. Perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned. We are struck down but we're not destroyed. He not only declares they can't kill us, but neither can the enemy cause us to lose hope. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in the lowly Nazarene. My hope is in the miracle worker. My hope is in the king at the right hand of the Father. My hope is through the power of the Holy Spirit that encourages and renews and convicts and moves in a special way. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. It's not in the market, not in the dollar, not in my education, nothing else. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And guess what? The only credential you have to have is to have a humble part, heart and say, Lord Jesus, come on in to my life and make me whole. Paul says we carry with us this renewing power. Number one, we have the anointing. anointing fall on me you have the anointing we have the glory through Jesus Christ we have his presence Satan I rebuke you in the name of Jesus we have a song in the night we have a promise that shall not be broken we have his word we have his power no weapon formed against you is going to prosper or have a prayer and we have his grace and we have his overcoming victory we're not just going to halfway win we're not going to be in second place we're going to be in first place he gives us the victory through Christ Jesus it's in our lives Stephen was that great example Acts the 7th chapter, he didn't even have ministerial credentials. He was just a lay leader. Just a lay leader. But let me tell you, you know what makes churches work? It's the lay leaders that get together and become dedicated and committed to the cause of the vision. And that's where ministry happens. Stephen was one of those. In Acts the 7th chapter, while he's being stoned, he was renewed. And he declared that renewal in the face of death. He said, oh, let me tell you, I, I don't, I say, oh, that stone's coming at me. But he said, oh, my gracious, I got a heavenly vision. He's looking up and he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, the Son of Man who's standing at the right hand of Almighty God, standing up. I see him right here and right now. Sometimes you have to say to the pelting rocks of the enemy that comes against us, we have to say, oh, but I know he's interceding for me and you look up and pray I see him standing at the right hand of the father and he's calling my name my name my name Stephen did not die discouraged he didn't die defeated he didn't die disheartened he died renewed by the power of God's spirit this is it I see him and he sees me in you is the power of the Holy Spirit that can renew if you call on the name of the Lord. So God said to Ezekiel, Zeke, do you believe these dead dry bones can be renewed and live again? What do you say, Zeke? What do you think, buddy? 
Zeke replied, Lord, only you know. And then he just captured it. And if you say so, you tell me what to do. I'll act in whatever you say to do before I see it happen. You just tell me what to do if you say so. We need more people that'll say, you just tell me what to do, Almighty God. He said, okay, here it is. Speak the word and watch the renewal take place. Often our words are not encouraging. Our words are complaining. Our words are mummering. Our words, as I give up, our words, often, friend of mine, do not acquiesce to the presence of God. When will we ever get to the point and say, I don't want you to know I don't feel the best I've ever felt, but I serve a healer. Hallelujah. And the last time I checked, he can heal me at any time. God, I may not see the miracle, but I'm confessing in the name of Jesus. That miracle is just around the corner. God, I know my loved one is not saved and they're getting meaner, but I want you to know I see them washed in the blood of Jesus Christ with a robe falling down to the ground and they're going to be born again. God, I know that I don't have the job that I need right now now the income level is not there but you own the cattle on a thousand hills and I'm ready for some beef steak God I'm looking toward you to make it happen by the grace of God pump yourself up lift yourself up be the man and woman of God and speak what you desire into existence by the grace of God by the grace of God number three we're treasures of reformation Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 for our light, notice this, our light and momentary troubles. Our light, you think he's suggesting how we ought to look at our troubles? Remember I said to you this morning, we have trials and what? Tribulations. But he said our light and momentary. Why does he say momentary? He said your life's a vapor. It's gone. It's a vapor. Your light and momentary trouble he said, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all your troubles, all your momentary difficulties, all your trials, and all your tribulations. He said, because what God has in store for you, once you believe it and you grab hold of it, it will change your heart. And he comes to this conclusion. He said, don't lose heart. Outwardly, I know it looks bad, but inwardly, you're being renewed and reformed daily. Our problems are being turned into eternal rewards. Our, our rewards will exceed every imagination. Don't put your eyes and fix them on the obvious. Fix your eyes upon the promise of the future. He said the obvious is temporary. That which you cannot see is eternal. What is taking place in us every single day, every time a trial hits us, every time a pressure hits us, every time a conflict hits us, every time a difficult, difficulty side swipes us, he said, I'm giving you reformation. You're becoming more and more like me. You're becoming more and more in my character. You're becoming coming more and more so you'll have a body that's conditioned for eternal glory. So get ready, church. He said this is not the last hurrah. The last hurrah is when we stand before him in his holy presence and we declare, oh my God, my eyes have seen the Lord. And he'll say, I told you, get up and shout and enjoy your life as a believer and declare God. It's God and only God. Keep your chin up. Little by little, little by little, 
God is preparing us. So what do we say in Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians 5? Now if we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. Somebody say amen. An eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan longing, we groan longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Or yard talk, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groaned and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal shall be swallowed up by life. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit. Halalabosa. A deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In you is a ticket paid for by the blood of Jesus that you can't destroy, you can't bend it, you can't break it, you can't burn it. You can't dilute it. You can't put chemical on it. It is a heavenly ticket glorified by God. It's planted in you. And God is saying to you, hallelujah, that ticket is the redemptive power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me regenerate you. Let me renew you. And as I regenerate you and as I renew you, he said, you will be formed into the man and woman of God that will do great things for the cause of Christ. How many want to do great things for Jesus? Christ. Amen. Would you stand on your feet and let's give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Let's come on. Amen. We're going to sing Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. For do not let weariness direct your path and do not give up on the dreams that I birthed in your heart. Do not allow sickness. Do not allow the lack of finance. Do not allow the lack of encouragement sidetrack you. For I have birthed in you something of eternal glory. I have birthed in you the skill and the ability to stand taller than you thought you could ever stand. I have planted in you to be able to get higher than those problems that only you can see now, but I will cause you to rise above them, and I will reach down my hand, and I will pull you out of the murk of the clay, and I will walk you through the fire, and the water will not overcome you. Put your faith, stand on my word, and believe that which I have promised, I will bring it to pass but you must believe and you must state that belief and declare that I am the Lord over everything in your life hallelujah thank you Jesus
Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Amen? Amen. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Father, in your name, hallelujah, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me encourage you. If you're not right with Jesus, you just whisper a prayer, Lord, forgive me, and you'll be forgiven, and a regeneration will take place. You're listening online. We got a little pumped up tonight. I ran out of notes. Wow. But let me tell you, you can be regenerated. But here's what I'm going to ask. For those of you watching online, get closer to that speaker. Get closer to that video and ask Jesus, Jesus, give me a renewal. Regenerate my life. I commit it to you. And if that's you and you're doing it, I'm going to ask you, text us. Email the church. Let us know what happened tonight in your life. The rest of you in the sound of my voice here in this room, if you need, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, and the enemy continues to just nudge you around and pull you around like somebody's got a hook in your nose. It's time you say you release your touch, you release your grip, you release your impact on me. I am free because Jesus Christ has set me free and I declare it by the authority of the word. I will not be discouraged. I shall be renewed by the grace of God. And if you'll slip down here, we'll anoint you with oil. Hallelujah. And God will bring healing to you and encouragement to you. And he will meet your need. Let's just be obedient to God right now as we sing you come as God directs. Here we go, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Father, I declare healing in this room. I declare for that one looking online right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will you supernaturally reach down where they are? Will you bring peace to that family? Will you cast the devil away from the oppressiveness of that person's heart? And would you lift them up, Jesus? We're walking in heavenly places tonight. We sense and feel your power and your anointing let us not be deaf let us not be afraid 
but let us walk worthy of your calling in our lives. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord together, shall we? Here we go. Let's sing and worship together. Thank you, Jesus. In the presence of Jehovah's text today 
says, uh, Pastor, praying for you daily. I got this this morning. Today I'm filled with such a grateful heart. Four years ago today was my 25th wedding anniversary. One of our children was graduating from high school. But also the day we thought that day we would lose our business, losing a half a million dollars, and I thought our marriage was headed for a divorce. And most of the money that our family had put in our ministries, most of that was gone. It was the worst day of my life. Not long after, I was sitting in your office with my husband for counseling. You sensed something was wrong and you encouraged me to see a psychiatrist. In September, that year I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and my life finally made sense. This began the fight of my life as I am sure the enemy came for my demise. Well, right back in the enemy's face today, my husband and I have never been stronger as we celebrate 29 years of marriage. Our ministry is growing and growing and growing and growing. And with the help of God and medication and lots of counseling, I am beating the odds of bipolar disorder. I've lost over 60 pounds and the miracles just keep coming. Thanks for walking with me through so many dark places. All the glory goes to God. And my theme this year is possession of the promised land. I can tell you that one story is a huge miracle. And he is in the house. He is in the house. He is in the house.